Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, December 9th, 2021. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If it's Thursday, that can mean only one thing. 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting Steve Wolfong is here. Steve, how are you? Good morning, Dan. Just trying to keep up. Can't wait till next Thursday and and, uh, we can get out of this, uh, this rat race to the finish line. Wednesday is National Signing Day. That means that Thursday, Steve is released back to his family. Much like an accountant, this is tax time for Mr. Wiltfong. As an aside, long story short, Dave and I had a miscommunication yesterday. He's supposed to be on jury duty. They never called him. So I did a BM5 with Matt Baxendale, the people's champ that we didn't use. I'm going to cut up the relevant parts of that and run it as the second half of this show. So. When you get to the break, if you came here for only Wilt Fong, you can sign off. If you'd like a little bonus people's champ, you can hang on after the break. First, Steve, let's talk recruiting. We'll start with some negativity. One of the names that we spoke of on this show long enough that we actually learned how to pronounce his last name, Xavier Wangpa, great safety out of the state of Iowa, had a final three of Iowa. Notre Dame and Ohio State, he chose Iowa. Can we make of this that he just decided to stay home? Well, I think that Iowa had a lot of things going for it. Proximity, one of the big things, you know, their production in the defensive backfield, another, their atmosphere inside Kinnick Stadium. The game against Penn State, he said, was the best stadium atmosphere he's ever been in. And he went to some big games at Ohio State and Notre Dame as well. And, uh, um, in the end, Iowa overcame Ohio State. Ohio State led in the summer. He told me Ohio State led at the opening finals. Took a late visit to Iowa in the summer. Took two visits for games. Continued to build his relationship with Coach Neiman and, and Coach Parker over there. The closer he got to his decision, the harder it was for him not to be a Hawkeye. He made up his mind last weekend. Told Coach Ferentz on Monday. Told everybody else on Wednesday. No way around it. It's a bummer. He's a great player, and you're also going to have to go against him. So we will see plenty of Xavier Wampa. Great news to back that up. Arguably the best football player in the state of Ohio, Sonny Styles, has reclassified. He'll be here this coming season rather than waiting and playing a senior year at Pick Central outside Columbus. There's been some consternation about it. Anytime a guy makes a leap like that, people are questioning it. I have to say Styles is that guy. If I were going to say one prospect I've seen the last couple of years that I thought could make the leap, it's Styles. Do you agree? 
Well, he was the alpha dog at the Under Armour Ohio event in the spring or summer. I forget what it was, but it was freezing out. The weather conditions sucked, but Sonny Styles still tested off the charts. He can run. He's got elite change of direction. He's got elite length. He's got an elite body type. He's got an elite mentality. Um, he's a guy that uh, can obviously play in coverage. He's a guy that can erase mismatches depending on how you're playing against. He's a guy that can rush off the edge and, 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 and be a factor in that game. He really checks all the boxes. It's to, for Ohio State to get him a year early is big because I think he's physically ready to go. He'll be able to, to compete from that component uh, uh, when he gets on campus. Another year of high school football, I don't know how much of a difference that was going to make for him. He can get into Mickey Marotti's strength and conditioning program. He can get into Ohio State's defensive scheme. And he can get to work at a position of need. And uh, um, he's a guy that I would have marked as three and done um, had he uh, not jumped in uh, a year early. You know, we'll see what happens now, but he's a terrific talent. He's got the right mental makeup to come in and compete also. You know, his older brother is obviously a stud at Notre Dame. His father uh, was a stud at Ohio State. The apple's not falling far from the tree for all the styles, men, And I, I would think that Sonny will be – uh, a major force for the Buckeyes for years to come. Now that was a quality response. And I think you nailed it when you said he just checks all the boxes, man. Some guys do. Sonny does. We hope this guy does. He is a German import via California. And we were all feeling extremely confident. Hero Canoe would play defensive tackle at Ohio State. Then USC hired Lincoln Riley, and they are making a late push for the transplanted Californian. Is that even correct? If he's from Germany, I'm not sure. What do you think about Hero Canoe and the Buckeyes? Well, I haven't heard anything different. My crystal ball is on the Buckeyes. There was a time where he was a heavy lean to Ohio State. Maybe the Lincoln Riley hire will be a factor. Maybe that Lincoln Riley hire will be a factor for Damani Jackson. Time will tell, um, but I haven't heard any new intel recently that the that there's been a change at the top. That doesn't mean there hasn't been. I just haven't heard that. Another what appears to be two-team battle involving the Buckeyes and another national power. The fighting Nick Sabans have their eyes on Caden Curry, defensive lineman from the state of Indiana. Ohio State has those same eyes. You are from Indiana. You've seen him play many times and are up to date on his recruitment. He has gone silent since his visit to Alabama. Should I be worried? No, unless something changes. Ohio State's the one to be. We talked to him last week about his in-home with Ryan Day and Larry Johnson, and that was awesome. He uh, had a great experience with those guys. Loved having Coach Day in his home with his family and his high school head coach. And I just like the way it's turning for Ohio State. Tom Allen was in over the weekend from Indiana. But unless there's some kind of drastic change, I expect him to pick Ohio State next week. And he's a guy that the Buckeyes have coveted for years now. He's one of Ohio State's earliest targets in 2022. Kevin Wilson got him in there first. Larry Johnson obviously done his thing, and Ryan Day uh, has been working it as well. And I, I just to reiterate, double down, triple down, whatever, I think Ohio State's in a good spot. Defensive tackle or defensive end for Curry? He is just a high motor front seven player. Um, I, I think he's more on the edge right now. Um, but he's a guy that just plays plays extremely hard. I haven't seen too many guys play with the motor that Caden Curry does on every snap. 
Let's stay on the defensive line. Texan Omari Abor, his last two in-home visitors are Larry Johnson and Larry Johnson and Ryan Day. That, to me, means he's a lock. Give us the latest on Omari Abor. Well, everything I'm hearing is that Ohio State's a team to beat. I haven't heard differently. You know, maybe another school will come in here at the end and make that interesting. But I think just following the coach in home visits, Ohio State looks like they're in excellent position. Yeah, there's some concern. I think that other schools have stopped recruiting him, and Ohio State may hold him in higher esteem than others. But I think Ohio State held a guy like Tyreek Williams higher than some other schools, too. and That's worked out pretty dang well so far like to see him get a few more snaps, but I digress. Let's finish with this. Notre Dame, who you know quite well, hired Marcus Freeman, proud Wayne graduate, fine Gem City native, fine Buckeye. How do you think Marcus Freeman will do there? Is he more of a threat on the recruiting trail to Ohio State than Brian Kelly or less? Well, he's obviously more of a threat on the recruiting trail. I mean, he goes as hard as anybody. He was one of the more visible coordinator recruiters on the trail. He had a influence on everybody they recruited on that side of the ball, if not the lead recruiter. And you heard him say in his press conference the other day that he wants to be the lead recruiter on all Notre Dame's top targets. And I know he's going to work hard in that capacity where some where things sometimes get lost in translation between the diehards and the casuals is that we love recruiting. If you're listening to this show, you love recruiting. You know how important recruiting is. Sometimes we forget or sometimes we overvalue it a little bit in the sense that you got to be able to coach too. Marcus Freeman, he deserves this job. His last three or four defenses have ranked top 15 nationally. So he's got the resume that says he's qualified for this position. But we don't know what it's going to look like. He's never done it. You know, Dan Mullen was qualified to get the job at Florida. He didn't do, you know, the program was digressing under his watch. Brian Kelly was not an electric recruiter, but he won a lot of games. So Marcus Freeman potentially, with his recruiting acumen, if he's as good a coach as Brian Kelly in his own way, I think can take Notre Dame the next step and win an extra game or two because I do think that Coach Freeman can win one or two more recruiting battles than Notre Dame was winning beforehand. I think that he can, I think he can get them a couple extra wins on the recruiting trail a year, which adds up to two to four to six to eight over the course of that, that many years. But what's, you know, we'll see, we'll see, you know, what kind of head coach he is. That's a tough, that's a tough job, you know, and uh, he's qualified. He's ready for it. And uh, I think Notre Dame Nation should be excited. Um, but, you know, Brian Kelly won a lot of games. We'll see if, you know, we'll see if Marcus Freeman can keep it rolling. And, and, and obviously he wants to take it up one more notch. And I think Notre Dame's capable of winning all the, all the marbles. And uh, they've, been, they've been close. They've been a couple players away. We'll see if Marcus Freeman's the difference while maintaining the standard on the field. Another award-winning performance from the Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports. We appreciate Steve stopping by. Don't forget, there's a second half to this show with a little bit of the People's Champ. All right, y'all. See you on the front row.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The people's champ, Matt Baxendale is here. Bax, how goes it? Well, it goes a lot better looking at the future of Ohio State's defense, so I'm having a pretty good morning, Dan. How about yourself? Definitely interesting. If there has been a defense this year in college football that surprised many, it was the Big 12's Oklahoma State, a Jim Knowles-led defense, and it provided serious dividends. Oklahoma State was arguably the best defense west of the Mississippi. Jim Knowles has moved back east, though the Cornell grad and former head coach in the Ivy League will be Ohio State's defensive coordinator, I guess tangentially replacing Matt Barnes and Kerry Combs. Please give us your assessment of the hire and how does this affect Ohio State's future? Well, first of all, this was the first name everybody associated with Ohio State. It seems like outside of the Marcus Freeman pipe dream, which was not going to happen because if Luke Fickle had been the Notre Dame pick, Freeman would have been the head coach at Cincy, not the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. So this was Ohio State's essential first choice. And if you look at what uh, Knowles has done since he took over at Oklahoma State, the year before he took over, they were ranked like 110th in total defense. And then they improved to like 80th to 40th to third in the country this past year. At a place like Oklahoma State that doesn't exactly get elite defensive recruits in a conference that's typically known for – super high-scoring basketball score football games, right? Mm -hmm. So this says a lot about him. The other thing that I really like about this hire is he's originally a linebacker's guy. And where have we been the most concerned about our defense consistently the last couple years? It's been what's up with the linebackers. Even whenever the linebacker play was okay a couple years ago, that's been the spot we've always worried ourselves about. So you know that this guy as a linebacker-centric guy is going to make sure that part of the defense is on point. So there's a lot of things to like about this hire. Uh, I'm interested to see how it works between now and January 2nd when he's officially allowed to start. Like, is he allowed to recruit before then? I don't honestly know. I wouldn't think so because the NCAA has their 10-man limit, and Ryan Day's already said he's keeping them. But long-term, this is a really good hire for Ohio State. It's the guy that Ryan Day wanted. And, you know, we have to trust that he's going to be making a good choice just like he did with Jeff Halfley. And, you know, we'll see what other changes end up happening. But I think getting Knowles right now is a very good start to fixing a defense that has been a very big problem the last two years. And it's very important, I think, that Day just hands Knowles the keys as well. There's been some concern that too many cooks in the kitchen let a guy like this just take control of it. Day can focus on the offense and it's all systems go. On the positive side, C.J. Stroud will be going to New York. He's not going to win the Heisman Trophy. That's going to be Bryce Young. But C.J. Stroud will be on television in New York in the same fashion that Justin Fields was and in the same fashion that Dwayne Haskins was. I would say, from a recruiting perspective, and I think it's been borne out and who they've attracted, having guys at the Heisman ceremony in consecutive fashion is a strong sign for the program. Not to mention, Joe Burrow was a Buckeye. We still sort of claim him. Not to mention, Chase Young also went. Ohio State has had essentially five guys that are associated with their program in the last four years as Heisman finalists in New York. 
that's that's really impressive. And you know, we were talking before we came on the show here, Dan. Before this, it was Troy Smith was the last time somebody actually made it to New York for the Heisman finalists. And before that, what was it, Eddie? So all of a sudden, Ohio State, which seemed to very oddly not get many Heisman sniffs, is sniffing all over it now on the ceremony. And that's that's a really good thing for recruiting. Uh, it's a good thing for recruiting those defensive players I talked about because we can say, hey, we've had a defensive player recently at the Heisman finals. And if you're a quarterback, there's nowhere else you're going to want to go because going back to Braxton Miller, every starting quarterback we've had practically has been a Heisman top five finisher. Braxton was a top five. And I think 2012, JT Barrett was a top five in 2014, right? And if you overlook the Cardell Jones sort of lull, uh, which a lot of people seem to forget he started half the season, then you move right on to the next group. Haskins is a finalist. Burrow, when he went to LSU, is a finalist, right? Justin Fields is a finalist. Now you've got C.J. Stroud as a finalist. It's this sort of quarterback lineage that, you know, I think a lot of people were surprised about the Ewers transfer. I think it bodes well for Devin Brown and Kyle McCord what they're going to do. And as long as Ryan Day is the head coach here, Ohio State is going to be known as the quarterback program. And which, by the way, is so weird for all of us who have sat through years of that's the one spot Ohio State doesn't produce NFL players at. Now we're just spitting them out every three years, every two years, like it's nothing. But it's so huge for OSU in recruiting to get this kind of exposure. And I agree with you. I, I don't think Stroud's going to win the Heisman. I think it's going to go to Bryce Young because usually it's the quarterback on the team playing the best at the end of the year, and that's Bama after blowing out Georgia. But end of the day, Stroud's in excellent position to have another good year next season, maybe build off of this to be able to win it next year. Maybe, I mean, big picture-wise, you don't win the Heisman if you don't beat Michigan, though. I think it's going to be Bryce Young and Aiden Hutchinson are the top two vote-getters. But it's a great thing for OSU to have their quarterback once more at the Heisman final ceremony. If you were building the modern football program and you wanted to have one super consistent feature, constant churning of first-round quarterbacks would absolutely be your first pick, especially given the way football has gone. And I've said this for a while. I think pretty much every quarterback under day is going to be a first-round draft pick. I predicted he'd have seven in a row, and everyone thought I was nuts. I think Stroud has established himself where things go almost status quo for the next year or so he's going to be a first round draft pick and then whoever's behind him will take the mantle and go from there all right jim knowles is in as defensive coordinator there have literally been rumors about every other member of the staff from greg stradrawa to al washington to larry johnson there's always rumors larry's going to step away what changes do you think are coming what changes would you make give us an assessment because i think everybody assumed they would add a defensive coordinator but i think from here it's a little less solid where to? Well, and there's a lot of moving parts right now because like, there's no way Ohio State would ever actually tell Larry Johnson he has to leave. He has to choose to retire, I think, at this point. And who knows when LJ decides to do that, right? I think the only thing we know right now for sure is that you have 10 guys on staff and you have another guy coming in and you can't go over 10. So somebody has to go. Uh, I think there's a lot of interest around, for example, a guy like Parker Fleming, who's only a special teams coach. I think that that's the most replaceable position, but I have to think that a guy like Knowles, who's a linebacker centric guy, is he going to come in and want his own linebackers coach versus Al Washington, who struggled to say the least with the linebackers this year? I, I don't know. I think Kerry Combs, if he stays around as a cornerbacks coach, is a huge win. Everybody knows how well he did in that role originally. 
Uh, but is he willing to accept that role on a permanent basis going forward? I, I don't know. Is Matt Barnes all of a sudden too qualified to just be a safeties coach slash maybe special teams coach? Uh, that's certainly an interesting question, too. And then, of course, there's the Sudrawa question where uh, his recruiting has been better. I know, I know for a while people thought he might be the guy out. But there's still the what I continue to this day to not understand notion of why in the world we played four tackles, including two of them at guards, uh, all season when you had a guy in Matt Jones who's a road grader guard. The only reason they did it was to try to prevent Vaughn Jones from transferring. And I think that may have been short-sighted because it certainly bit them uh, in the final game of the year. So Stud's a guy who I think is going to get some, some question marks. I think Brian Hartline is certainly safe. I think Corey Dennis is certainly safe. Uh, and then I also am really interested to see if Kevin Wilson ever decides that he wants to move on to another role too, but I don't think he's really in trouble. Really the offensive side of the football this year, look at Tony Alford. She's already, you know, supposedly done the work behind the scene to keep him for now. Uh, I, I think the defensive side of the staff is where we're really looking at things. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple more changes, uh, particularly, you know, Al Washington right now with a, a linebacker centric defensive coordinator just seems like the most logical person to be finding something new. And that's a big turn from what a year ago, whenever Tennessee was trying to hire him away for a ton of money and OSU paid him. So we'll see. Uh, I definitely think we're not done with changes though at this point. Losing to Michigan was terrible, but if there is a silver lining, it's that it eliminated all excuses. It eliminated everybody kidding themselves and provided the opportunity for real change. And that means real progress. So we trust in Ryan Day to be able to add quality staffers if he's going to make some moves. And we also appreciate the people champ for stopping by. We hope Dave Biddle is back soon. Have a good one, Bucknutters.